This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Folks, BetMGM is offering some of the best odds in market for the first touchdown prop this NFL season. Log in and win with the king of sports books today. Well, you heard the disembodied voice. Joining us now, Brad Spielberger of Pro Football Focus. He will be joining us every Wednesday throughout the NFL season, and we are absolutely delighted about that. And we are delighted to spend some time with him previewing the upcoming season. And Brad, we got to start with the, the biggest story of the week already. Travis Kelsey hyperextending his knee during practice. Uh, could be a bone bruise per reports, which could be okay as far as long term. But in the short term, uh, safe to say he's not going to be playing this one. The line has moved drastically from six and a half all the way down to four at some spots. What do you make of this line? Should we wait? Should we pounce on this? What say you? Yeah, I think maybe you could place a bet. I know the the you know general consensus he probably will not play. His brother Jason, who maybe is trying to be a tough guy and, and goad his brother into playing, didn't say this morning he thinks he should be okay uh, and should be good to go. But and the big thing here is we talk about Patrick Mahomes and this Chiefs offense kind of like how we used to talk about the New England Patriots and say, oh, they never had any good receivers. Yeah, they had generational talents at tight end. Uh, you know, they were putting up 1,000-yard seasons that were elite in the red zone. And I think with Kelsey, the guy does not miss games. But the last time he did miss a game was week 16 of 2021. Uh, the Chiefs absolutely demolished uh, their opponent that week, 31-6. to And the leading receivers were Byron Pringle and Derek Gore. So Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid seem to always find a way no matter what. I know these are considered dead numbers, but I also find it fascinating that some books are deciding to hang a four, four and a half, five, some still at five and a half. Uh, but there are some pretty sharp books that are on the lower end, suggesting that they think Kelsey is out of, that, out of this game. If that's the case, how do you attack the player prop market on the Kansas City side? You know, I also think probably there was maybe a half point of, of accounting for Chris Jones. Maybe that also now they realize he's probably not playing in this game. So it's both mm -hmm. of those players being reflected in the new market. Yeah, I, I think in the props, you kind of have to pick and choose which receiver you like in Kansas City. But I think Noah Gray, their backup tight end, is a decent option as well. Uh, when he played last year, like he was 10th in snaps among pass catchers, but 5th in targets. He's a guy they like throwing to. They trust over the middle of the field. He is a good athlete, makes plays, can make guys miss in open space, and rack up some yards after the catch. So I think he's a solid option. And then I think there's been a steady drumbeat of Sky Moore as well. You know, I'm not sure Rasheed Rice is ready. I just don't really trust Kadarius Tony's knee quite yet. I'm sure we'll get there. And MVS is a bit of a boomer bust guy. I think Sky Moore might be the receiver to target, you know, this week. What about on the Lions side? We learned that uh, Jameer Gibbs has some pretty big expectations for himself with 1,000 yards rushing and 500 receiving this season. Would you be looking at any of his props? 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I jumped on one of my favorite props already was his over receiving yards at 25 and a half is what I got at. I think it's now at 30 and a half or 31 and a half at most books, but honestly still don't dislike it. I, I guess I'm not suggesting a bet where there's now 20% of value gone compared to where I got it at, but I think they are going to throw him the football a ton, especially the first six weeks without Jamison Williams. Not that Gibbs is a deep threat out wide, but just th those targets need to go somewhere, and I think he's going to get a lot of them. You look at the Chiefs' defense last year, they were number one in the NFL in allowing receptions to opposing running backs, and the Lions were number two in EPA per pass throwing over the middle. It's a, a perfect matchup for both Amon Ross St. Brown and Jameer Gibbs. I, I think Gibbs is going to have a lot of receiving yards. If you're building SGPs, things like that, don't be afraid to go 50-plus, 60-plus receiving yards on Gibbs and get a lot of that value. Makes a lot of sense there. One of the reasons, Brad, we love having you on is your ability to marry the economics of the NFL with the actual performances that we will see on the field. And I bring this up because I think this matters a great deal when it comes to Justin Field. You look at what he's done his first two years of his pro career, and there's not a whole lot of room for optimism. Yet at the same time, the Bears are actually spending money. So what does that mean in terms of the economics of the Bears with the potential for Justin Fields this season? Yeah, you know, I think last year really was a true tryout. And they came in with an open mind and could have been convinced either way. Are we going to, you know, use this number one overall pick they ended up with to take a Bryce Young? Or are they going to say, okay, we're committing to this player, at least for now. Let's surround him with more talent, which we basically did not do last offseason, and see what we have. So you obviously trade for DJ Moore, a number one wide receiver who's already on a veteran deal. You go out and you add a Robert Tongue and a Mercedes Lewis. You extend a Cole Komet. You bring in DeAndre. Dante Foreman. Look, the offensive line still might have questions. Their weaponry is, is quietly pretty talented. Like, maybe no name that, you know, jumps off the page, but there are a couple of players deep in the backfield, at wide receiver, and at tight end. So, I think there is belief there. It, it sounds like they expect him to take that leap this year. Maybe not a Jalen Hurts-esque leap, but certainly, you know, throw for more than 2,400 passing yards, maybe run for fewer than 1,000 rushing yards because he's, he's busy throwing the football. I think it does. I think it shows a commitment and a belief in him as a player because, look, it's, they were not, you know, they didn't draft him. He's not their guy, quote-unquote. I think you're seeing now he is their guy. Brad, these numbers have been uh, kind of all over the place over the last couple of weeks for week one. Uh, you just talked about the Bears. That goes from three to the Bears favored by one against Green Bay. I see, uh, I see a Buffalo minus three Monday night against the Jets now. Wondering if the market follows. Washington at one spot, they said forget it. It's too much. Uh, let's go to seven and a half. So I wonder if the market's going to follow there. What is your favorite week one bet right now? Yeah, so you mentioned the Packers are now not teaserable anymore. Now they're down to one, or it wouldn't be a Wong teaser through three and seven. Uh, that was one of my favorite teaser likes coming into this. Um, I actually did not see that the Jets are now a full field goal uh, underdog. I think that would be on the short list as well. We've probably talked about this, but Von Miller, his presence last year on the defense, when he was there, they were third in pressure rate without blitzing. When he left, they were 23rd. It was a massive difference. And the biggest weakness on this Jets roster, in my opinion, is that offensive line, I don't think they have a weakness elsewhere on the entire roster. And if they're not, you know, overly concerned with pressure, I think Rodgers is going to do a lot against this Bills defense. So I like that one. But I also really like the Saints at home, minus three against the Tennessee Titans. I do not understand why this spread is just a field goal. <clears throat> I think Tennessee 
has the worst offensive line in the NFL and maybe the worst secondary in the NFL. You look last year, the Titans were dead last in EPA per dropback allowed on 15-plus yard throws, and Chris Olave was top 15 in that category as a receiver, as a rookie, with Andy Dalton throwing the football. I think they're going to attack downfield early and often and run up the score against this Titans team. And then on defense, I don't love the Saints, you know, you know, front seven, but they can do damage against this Titans offensive line. I don't really get that spread. Man, you mentioned the Titans offensive line. We were just debating because you can bet on the first quarterback benched. Any thoughts in that market? Ryan Tannehill is at 6-1. to one. Uh, I was thinking maybe Desmond Ritter. Is there someone that jumps out at you as first quarterback benched this season? Yeah, it's a fun market. I think Ritter's, Ritter's interesting because Heineke did get a substantial you know, contract. It's not some throwaway backup deal. It's one of the stronger backup deals across the entire NFL. Yeah, Tannehill, I think it more would have to come down to team results. Like, I think they'll play him, you know, knowing Vrabel, as long as they're like two games below 500 at worst, he's probably going to play the whole year. When it starts to get, you know, more skewed, I think you'll see Will Levis and or Malik Willis come in. So I think those are probably two guys on the short list. Off the top of my head, I, I mean – I do think there's going to be less, you know, turnover than last year. The rookies are already all the starters for their teams. Um, I think those two guys, I probably lean Tannehill just because I think the Falcons are going to see what they have in Ritter and just try to, you know, take that experiment as long as they can. We were talking about offensive player of the year, uh, actually offensive rookie of the year uh, in our last segment. And when I was looking at uh, Travis Kelsey's injury, I couldn't help myself. I took Rasheed Rice at 50 to one uh, to win offensive rookie of the year. Uh, maybe it's an overreaction uh, to, you know, that injury and then Kadarius Tony and all of that. But I'm curious, offensive rookie of the year, uh, you know, after having some time to kind of sort this through, uh, who stands out to you? So uh, I do like the idea of just going into a volume offense and, and, you know, Rasheed was very good in the preseason, obviously not the same style of football, but was, you know, making guys miss after the catch, had a ton of yards after the catch, uh, was top five in both, you know, forced missed tackles and yak. So, you know, in that offense where they're throwing short nowadays and, and letting their playmakers produce, he could be a good bet. I think the favorite that I like, uh, you know, of the kind of cluster at the top is probably Jordan Addison. I think with Bijan, even with Jameer Gibbs and the quarterbacks, to a degree, there's not much value. But, you know, with Addison, you're talking about a guy who should be the number two wide receiver in a volume passing attack. And I still think Minnesota's defense, I like Brian Flores, but should be a bottom 10, maybe even bottom five defense in the NFL. So they should throw the ball a ton. And I think Addison will be involved right out of the gate. And then the, the longer shot that I like, especially now they didn't sign Dalvin Cook, they didn't trade for Jonathan Taylor, is Devon A-Chain in Miami. I know he's dealing with a shoulder issue, but expected to practice this week. Jeff Wilson on IR, and Raheem Mostert, a good football player, but 31 years old and has been injury prone the last couple of years. I shouldn't say injury prone. He's just 31 years old in the running back. So, you know, it was 80 to 1 at some point, maybe down to 60 or 50, um, but I think a long shot is Devon A-Chain, the running back in Miami. Man, so so many names I like for this offensive rookie of the year, and some people think it's Bijan. Don't even waste your money. Uh, it's going to be another fantastic, fan, fascinating angle to the upcoming season. All right, we spent so much time talking about surprise teams, worst to first. What about biggest disappointment? Maybe a team that has a double-digit win total that you think is just going to completely flop. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Interesting. Uh, you know, I, I think there are a handful on the short list there. I like the Browns, but I, I really wouldn't be surprised. I don't know if they're double digit. I think they're nine and a half. But I, I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if this, this thing just crumbles. Like, I love the talent on paper. I think they have one of the most talented rosters on both sides of the ball in the NFL. But the combination of Deshaun Watson and Kevin Stefanski, I just keep coming back to this, where it's just oil and water to me how they've won in the past. Where, look, Watson, when he was at his best, had one of the highest average time throws in the NFL. He liked to move around in the pocket, wait for things to develop downfield with DeAndre Hopkins or Will Fuller or whoever, um, you know, over three-second time to throw, and then hit these big explosives. Kevin Stefanski comes from this tree of, I want you to have a five- or seven-step drop, get to the top of your drop and get the ball in rhythm in 2.2 seconds. Like I'm not saying they can't figure it out and mesh their two styles, but they just, they just haven't historically won in the same way. I guess that even though I'm high on them, I also do see kind of the disaster potential there. What about MVP? Where are you looking? Yeah, you know, I think, again, it's probably is Patrick Mahomes award. He should win almost every year, but there's obviously no value there. Uh, you know, I know Herbert's a popular pick. I, I would go, um, you know, like in, down to the Trevor Lawrence and, and below that. Like start looking at guys that are probably not in the top five of odds. You know, for Lawrence, for me, you look last year, the second half of the season, pretty much week 10 on was our second highest graded quarterback, um, was way up there in yards per attempt and a bunch of other, you know, non-PFF metrics as well. You drop in a bona fide number one wide receiver, and I know we haven't seen Calvin Ridley in a while, but last time he played, he was top 10 in yards per route run on a field with Julio Jones um, and was third in receiving yards, I want to say, in 2020. So you drop that in the fold, and then as bad as their division is, I think they're going to win maybe 12-plus games, but also in some other AFC contests, their defense still isn't great. Lawrence might have to have some of those 400 passing yard type performances to win some tough AFC games. If he does, I think he'll be right in that conversation. Back to the games for week one. I'm looking at uh, some potential Wong teaser candidates here. Uh, the Browns are two and a half point dogs. And, you know, I know you mentioned this thing could fall apart, but that one looks intriguing to me. Uh, Steelers are two point dogs. So you get through three and seven there. Uh, any legs that uh, you have perhaps assembled for a week one teaser? Yeah, so I, I guess I am contradicting myself, but I did like the Browns a lot as a, te <laughs> as a Wong teaser in week one to get through three and through seven. Um, look, I think it's going to be a tightly contested game against Cincinnati. My question is with Joe Burrow, I know he's now practicing, but we saw last year coming off the appendix issue where he couldn't practice for a couple weeks before that game, had four interceptions, probably will be the worst game of his career, uh, you know, week one against the Steelers. It might not be that bad, but is he going to be rusty? Is he going to be fully healthy? You know, is that chemistry going to be there? I think that is a concern. And then their offensive line. You have Jonah Williams probably making his first start at right tackle since 2018 at Alabama. Their offensive line isn't great regardless. Um, and and this, since this Cleveland defense now with Miles Garrett, Darius Smith, Dalvin Tomlinson, Ogbo Akaronkwo, like they're going to cause problems. So 
that one. The Jets, although I guess you said the Jets are now a full field goal, but if they're two and a half, I like them. And Pittsburgh as well. I mean, if Nick Bosa doesn't play, you probably have to jump on it before it moves. Um, but without Nick Bosa, I, I like the Steelers, you know, through three and seven as well. Uh, on the way out, Brad, final minute, any other futures that are some of your favorites that you have not mentioned yet? Ooh, that's a, that's a good question. Uh, we've talked a ton about futures, I feel like. Um, I mean, maybe some player prop related How about Super Bowl? Give me, give me your Super Bowl call. Go ahead. Oh, here you go. Then here's my favorite one. Dallas Cowboys to come out of the NFC and represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's probably my favorite, you know, Super Bowl-related future. I guess you could bet them to win it all. I have them winning the NFC. But e- either way, I am very, very high on Dallas this year. Yeah. Friendly reminder, Brad Spielberger will be with us every Wednesday because of picks like those. That's why I'll be looking forward to Wednesdays every single week throughout the NFL season. Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we continue to look at NFL season leaders and season-long props. That's right here on the BetQL Network.